0: So, I want to tell you about two elderly ladies, Bonnie and Mildred. So, they were best friends, and they just did everything together. And so, Bonnie and Mildred decided one day that they were going to go for a drive. Now, Mildred had just gotten uh, a new car, and, and it was a big car. So, a car that was so big that the ladies could barely see over the dashboard. So, anyways, uh, they're, they're busy driving, and, and as they were approaching a stoplight, an intersection, Mildred went right through. Bonnie thought to herself, am I losing it? Did we just run a red light? She said, no, Mildred would never do that. So, a few minutes later, again, they were approaching a red light, and again, Mildred went through the red light. Bonnie thought, wait a minute. That's the second red light. Did we really go through a red light? So she thought to herself, "Okay, I'm going to pay close attention this time. So again, they're driving and further down the road, and as they approach the stoplight, she says, for sure, I know this is a red light. And again, Mildred goes straight through. So she says, Mildred, did you realize that you have just run three red lights? You could have killed us. What are you thinking? Mildred said, Oh, did I? I didn't even know I was driving. (laughs) Well, this morning, the title of my message is, Time to Make a Change. Time to make a change, and it's never too late to make a change, amen? It's never too late to do things right. And I want to tell you about a group of people that you might already be familiar with. They are the Israelites. Well, you know that after the Lord brought the Israelites out of bondage in Egypt, God's favor was upon them. His blessing was upon them. He continued to be with them wherever they went and whatever they did, he continued to give them victory over conquering different parts of the land, over doing different things God's blessing was upon the Israelites. They found favor wherever they went, and God was with them. So they had success. They had great success. So in other words, they were doing very well for themselves. But in Joshua chapter 7, and if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Joshua chapter 7. In Joshua chapter 7, the very first verse tells us this. It says, but the Israelites acted unfaithfully in regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of Camri, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of them. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel. You see, in this passage of scripture here, what the Lord is saying is that the Israelites, they acted unfaithfully. They acted unfaithfully towards him, and even though God had told them not to do certain things, they still did it. God had been faithful to them in all that they did, but in this instance, it shows an example of their unfaithfulness to him. And it tells us that Achan took some of the devoted things. Now, it wouldn't have been such a big deal for them to have taken some of the some of the items, because as they were conquering different parts of land and winning battles, there obviously would have been plunder and treasure left behind from the people that they had defeated. And so many times, they were allowed to take those treasures. They were allowed to take that plunder for themselves and for their families. But God, in Joshua chapter 16, sorry, Joshua chapter 6, just the previous chapter... Verses 18 and 19 tells them specifically, But keep away from the devoted things, so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury." God had told Israel specifically in this instance, as they were going place to place and conquering different parts of land, at times he would tell them, it's okay for you to take the treasure, or it's not okay for you to take the treasure. In this specific instance, he told them specifically to keep away from the devoted things. In other words, stay away from it. Leave it alone. Don't take it. Otherwise, by taking it, you're going to bring it into the camp and bring destruction upon the people, bring destruction upon the whole group. These sacred items, we don't know exactly what they were, but most likely they were items used for worship by the pagan uh, people, items that they held as sacred and that they worshipped. And so God had specifically told them, don't take them. They are used for different purposes, but stay away from these things. God warned them not to do these things. God warned them not to take it because otherwise they would be bringing wrath upon themselves. You see, in the same way, there are many times where God warns us of the same thing. And number one, God wants to remind us, stay away from the things that cause you to sin. Stay away from the things that cause you to sin. As he told Israel, stay away from those things. Don't bring them into your camp. Don't think that you can just hold on to them and nothing is going to happen. But stay completely away from them. You see, the Bible tells us to flee from sin, to stay as far away as possible from it. In the Matthew chapter 6, verse 13, he reminds us, and lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation. If you're leading someone somewhere, that means you're guiding them. Go in a completely different direction. Don't even bring us close to sin, in other words. God wants us to stay as far away from it as possible. And we are to stay away from the things that cause us to sin. So in your own life, what are those things? In your own life, what are those things that are causing you to sin or tempting you to sin or tempting you to be pulled away from God? Well, maybe a group of friends at school always seem to pressure you to do the wrong thing. Stay away from them. Maybe there are co-workers who are constantly encouraging you to be dishonest at work and to do dishonest things. It's better just to stay away from them. Maybe there's a boy or a boyfriend or girlfriend who are constantly tempting you to sin in your relationship. It's better just to stay away from them. Maybe there are places of entertainment you and your friends enjoy going, however you know that it's not pleasing to God and it may be causing you to sin. It's better just to stay away from those places. Maybe there are movies or or TV shows or certain music that you like to watch or listen to, but you know some of the lyrics are are, are not pleasing to God and there's profanity and it's filling your head with evil instead of good. It's better just to stay away from those things. Drugs and alcohol and, and all of those things can impair you to make bad decisions Stay away from those things. You see, God calls us to a higher standard of living. He calls us to be holy as he is holy. And in order for us to do that, you see, in this life, we will never fully attain God's standard of holiness. But what we are to do is to strive towards it. And in striving towards it, there are certain things that we need to start to stay away away from we are to live differently from the rest of this world and so there are the excuse while well, my friends are doing it but God calls us to be different he calls us to be holy and set apart for his purposes for his honor and for his glory so what are the things in your life that you need to stay away from what are the things that are causing you to sin Perhaps it may be a bad habit or or group of people that you need to let go of, that you know are not helping you, but indeed are causing you to sin. This morning, I remind you, stay away from the things that cause you to sin. So the Lord was angry because Achan had taken some of the devoted things when God had specifically told them not to. We see that no one else knew about what had happened. And so Joshua had told the people that we're going to send out some spies into the land of Ai just to see what's going on there, to see what's happening. And so verses 2 to 9 tell us this. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon, to the east of Bethel. And told them, go out and spy out the region. So the men went up and spied out Ai. When they returned to Joshua, they said, not all the people will have to go up against Ai. Send two or three thousand men to take it, and do not weary all the people, for only a few men are there. So about 3,000 men went up, but they were rooted by the men of Ai who killed about 36 of them. They chased the Israelites from the large city gate as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. At this the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening. The elders of Israel did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Ah, sovereign Lord, why did you ever bring this people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. Oh, Lord, what can I say now that Israel has been rooted by its enemies? The Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this, and they will surround us and wipe out our name from the earth. What then will you do for your own great name? You see, Joshua had sent the spies to go and check out. AI was the next piece of land, the next country that they were going to take over. And thus far, God had given them victory wherever they went. He was on their side fighting for them. And so Joshua, in his mind, had no doubt that this is going to be a piece of cake. Just go check out what's happening. Let us know so we know how many men to send. So the spies come back and they tell him you don't need to send the whole army. Just send a small group, just about two or three thousand really is needed this is going to be a piece of cake it's going to be over soon there's only a few men there so joshua thought this is great we're going to get through this very quickly so he sends three thousand men there but you see the men of ai were waiting for them and they were there and they killed 36 of joshua's men 36 of the israelites what they had originally known as victory now became quickly defeat. And so the men were terrified. How is this happening? We've always had victory. God has always blessed us. He's always been with us. But now all of a sudden, they're, they're winning. They're defeating us. And so they run out in fear back to their camp. They come and they report it to Joshua. Joshua. And Joshua is just in despair. He's devastated. God, how can you do this? Why is this happening? Is this what you brought us out of Israel to do? Is this what's going to happen, that they're going to wipe us out? Joshua also feared that the other armies around them would hear about what's happening, that now, oh, the Israelites who were undefeated are now becoming defeated, so we can take them out too. He was worried that that was what was going to happen. This all happened because the Lord was angry. This happened because of the sin that Achan had committed. One man's sin affected the whole camp. One man's sin affected this whole nation of Israel who were there fighting on God's behalf. And today, I want to remind you, that our decisions can and often do affect the people around us. Our decisions can and they often do affect the people that surround us, whether that's family members or loved ones or friends or coworkers or peers or even strangers. The, The things that we decide can affect the people around us. Did you know that? Your decisions and my decisions don't only affect us personally, but they affect so many more, and it's nothing new. From the very beginning, we know that Adam and Eve's decision to sin and to eat the fruit that God told them not to eat of now affect all of us because we live in a sinful world, and we're born with a sinful nature. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. It's through one man that sin entered the world. We may have the mentality that what we do is no one's business. What we do doesn't affect other people, but it does. It does in a positive way, and it also does in a negative way, depending on the choices that we make. You see, one man's Bad decision to open fire in a school caused 17 innocent people to be killed and many others injured. One decision affected so many people. One person's bad decision to drive drunk can end up taking the lives of many innocent people, devastating families. One person's decision... One person's bad decision to make a false accusation can end up breaking up a family and causing so many unnecessary legal actions to take place. One person's bad decision. On the other hand, one person's decision to donate their organs after they die can end up giving multiple people the opportunity to live One person's good decision. One person's decision to stay quiet can end up keeping peace in the family. One person's good decision. One person's decision to give generously to world missions can end up causing families to come to know the Lord and to put their faith and their trust in him. One person's good decision. You see, our decisions don't only affect us, but they affect our families, they affect our community, they affect our world. One person's decision can make a difference, So, what are you deciding to do? What are you deciding to do? Because you may say, well, it doesn't really matter, but it does. Because one person's decision can make a difference. You see, for one person, that is Achan, his decision to take the things that God told him not to take caused the whole camp of Israel to suffer. That they were being defeated, that 36 of them were killed because of his sin, because of the bad decision that he made. And whether we realize it or not, Our decisions affect those who are around us. So Joshua and the people were crying out to the Lord because they did not know why this was happening. They didn't understand why God was allowing this and and what was happening. And then in verses 10 to 13, God tells us exactly why this was happening. The Lord said to Joshua, stand up. What are you doing on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possessions. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They turn their backs and run because they have been made liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. Go consecrate the people. Tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, that which is devoted is among you, O Israel. You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove it. You see, Joshua and the people were crying out to God, crying out and asking God, help us. We don't understand what's happening. Help us. Help us to get victory back and whatnot. And what God says to him is, stand up. Why are you crying out? Why are you on your face? Stand up. In other words, don't just cry out to me but it's time to make a change. It's time to do something. You see, we can cry out to God all we want, but unless we're willing to start to change things in our life, then our cries are in vain. God is not gonna force us to change anything. He's not gonna force us to do things that we don't want to do. Instead, he wants us to want to change, and that's point number three tonight. Don't just cry out to God for help. Decide to make a change. He wants us, yes, to cry out to him, to ask him to help us, but we also have a part to play. We also need to do our part in keeping with God's covenant and his commandment. God rebukes the people, and he tells them that the reason that they're suffering is because of a deeper issue that they're not addressing, the issue of sin in their lives. We can cry out all we want, but until we deal with the root cause of the problem, the root cause which is sin, the root cause which has caused this, then it just will continue. We cannot live a life of sin and expect God to bless us. Do you hear that? We cannot live a life of sin, and this is some hard truth, but it's true. We cannot continue to live the way that we want. We cannot continue to think that God is not seeing the sinfulness in our lives, the things that we're hiding that no one else can see. Achan had stolen, and no one else knew that he had taken it. They didn't understand why this was happening. He was the only one, and he was able to hide it from Joshua and the rest of the camp, but God knew and God saw. You see, nothing we do we can hide from God. And God was saying, stand up, don't just cry out, but it's time to deal with the sin. It's time to make a change. And you see, there are things that happen in our lives That yes, we cry out to God. Yes, God is going to help us. But we also need to change certain things so that it doesn't happen again. We also need to do our part in order to make a change. In verse 12, he says... That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. That is why they're being defeated. That is why, because the sin that is in the camp. Then he says, they turn their backs and run because they have been liable to destruction. And then get this, listen to this. He says, I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. I will not be with you anymore. I will not bless you. I will not help you to conquer. I will not be there when you call out to me. I will not be there if you continue to allow this to go on unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. God tells us some hard truth That yes, he is our God, yes, he loves us, but because he is holy, he will not continue to tolerate sin after sin after sin, and he tells us, get rid of it, make a change, it's time to stop. So what are some of those things in your life that you need to get rid of? What are some of those things that you need to change so that God will continue to help you? Well... We need to do our part in getting rid of things like pornography, gambling, lying, gossip, cheating, adultery, premarital sex, coveting, idolatizing, unforgiveness, jealousy, lust, hatred, racism, all of these things God says it's time to get rid of and make a change. Don't just cry out to me, but be willing to make that change, otherwise your cry is in vain. Otherwise, the things that you're crying out to me is in vain because you're going to continue to suffer if you do not make a change. We have a part to play in God's story. Did you know that? That we play a part. And as I was going through scriptures, I noticed there's a lot of scriptures that say, if you, if you do this, then I will do this. If you do this, then I, God, will do this. It shows there's a part that we have to play, a condition that's there. For example, Psalm 91, verse 9 to 10, say, if you say, the Lord is my refuge and make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. If you do this, then I will do my part. Another Say John chapter 15, verse 5. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His. We have a part to play. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you... Declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. You play a part in that. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says, If you, my people, who are called by my name, will humble yourselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, only then, will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land First John chapter one, verse nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You see, God wants to bless us. God wants to do great things in and through our lives, but we have a part to play in that as well. We need to do our part to make a change and God will help us. We need to do our part and trust God to do the rest Are you trusting God? Are you doing your part to make a change, trusting that he will do the rest? You see, if you don't like where you are today, then it's time to make a change. You are where you are today because of the decisions that you've made, because of the choices that you have made. And if you don't like where you are, then it's time to make a change. It's time to choose a different path because it's never too late to change. Are you willing to let go? Are you willing to make a change? Because God says, stand up and make a change. It's time to let go of those things that are holding you back. It's time to let go of those things that are holding you in bondage. As Pastor Nick mentioned, this past Wednesday was Ash Wednesday and as we are in this season of Lent, as we look towards Easter and the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, It's time for us to make certain changes in our life. And maybe this can be the season, this can be the day where you say, God, I'm letting go. I'm letting go of those things that are holding me back, but I need your help. And he is willing to help you. He wants to help you. He wants you to overcome. He wants to see you victorious over those things in your life that are holding you back. But you need to decide to do that and trust him to help you. I want to tell you about this ring-tailed monkey that's found in Africa, referred to as a lemur. Well, it's one of the hardest animals to catch. And so people have such a difficult time to catch this ring-tailed monkey. But the people who are in that region, who are in that land, figured out a way that would make it easy for them to catch this monkey. You want to know how? Well... All they do is put a, this certain melon that the monkey likes, and what they do is they cut a hole big enough for the monkey to slip his hand in, okay? The seeds within the melon are a weakness for the monkey. The monkey just loves the seeds. And so in the hole, in, they slip their hand in the hole, in the melon, through, okay, and they grab as many seeds as possible, But the hole is only big enough for their hand to squeeze in and out of. So when they have a handful of seeds, the hand is stuck. The hand will not come out. And so the monkey will reach for the seeds and he will stay there all day screeching and screaming and crying but he refuses to let go of the seeds. And in the midst of him trying to get his hand free, trying to get his hand out while holding on to the seeds, they come and they capture him and they take him. They trap him. All because... He is unwilling to let go of the seeds that will set him free. Are you willing to let go of the things that are keeping you in bondage? Are you willing today to say, God, I know that I need to make a change. Stop suppressing the Holy Spirit when he says it's time to make a change. God calls us to live differently. He calls us to make a change in our lives. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to let go of the seeds of this world that are entrapping you and causing you to stumble? I challenge you this day that it is a time to change. Let us pray. Father, indeed, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are such a good God. We thank you, Lord, that although we have fallen short of you time after time after time, that you are faithful, that you are forgiving, that you are loving. But Lord, we also know that as much as you are loving, that you are just. And so God, we pray that you would help us to rise up to the standard that you have called us to live, that you would help us to stay away from the things of this world that are causing us to sin, that you would help lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, that you would help us, oh God, in our decisions to make good and pleasing decisions to you, decisions that will help people instead of harm people, that you would help us, oh God, not only to cry out to you, but to make the changes that are necessary in our lives in order for you to continue to help us. And so, Father, we look to you and we pray for your Holy Spirit to empower us to move in our lives. And, Lord, we pray that you would strengthen us and help us indeed to make those changes. So, God, continue to speak to your people. Continue to challenge each heart and each life because we want to leave here different We know that we don't want to be the same, but we want you to have free reign in our lives. Holy Spirit, we consecrate ourselves once again to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.